0: thanks for tuning into the foundry church podcast where our mission is to make disciples by guiding people to forge a lifelong reliance on god this week pastor andrew talks about that impossible sign pointing to the significance of jesus the virgin birth You can find more information about who we are, what we do, or when we meet at thefoundrychurch.com. God bless. All right. Let me get over here. 33 years ago, something amazing happened in this world, right? Something truly astonishing. 33 years ago and seven days, this world changed. Right? Amazing, right? Something that has not happened since that time and will never happen again. Thirty, Again, 33 years ago and seven days on a cold Christmas Sunday morning, while my parents were getting ready for church, my mom uh, looked at my dad and said, I think this baby is coming today. And I'm sure that my preacher dad <laughs> said something calm, cool, and collective like, the baby's coming now today on Christmas, on Sunday morning, Um, I'm a little busy today, do you think you can hold it? <laughs> and I'm sure that my mom laughed in his face and told him that he better find someone else to preach on that Christmas Sunday because... This baby is coming, and the surprises were not over yet. Right? Just a a few hours later, I came into this world, (laughs) right? And the world changed. And notice, now notice, I did not say, I was born, right? I, you see, I was, I was more dead than alive. And when I came into this world, they, they, I still have a scar on my ear from when they, they cut me out and they rushed me because I wasn't breathing. They cut my ear off. And after some work by the, the, the doctors to bring me around and one of my dad's favorite conversations that he's ever had, that's what he would say, He asked his doctor, the doctor who was his friend, he said, hey, um," so he was out for quite some time. Do you think he's going to be, you know, okay? Like, is he going to be right in the head? And the doctor answered this. He said, well, Mike, I I think he's going to play third base and not be third base. (laughs) Now, listen, I know that that is probably not your best day in history, right? (laughs) 33 years, seven days ago, right? But it's, it's a pretty extraordinary day, right? You, you know the list. It's one of the top three, right? You got Jesus was born, right? You, you got Jesus raised from the dead, and then you got you, Andrew born third, right? Now, I am joking, right? I never even really had a birthday party before. I think I, when I was 10, maybe I had one, right? So it's not really that important of a day, right? But, but here's the thing, right? Uh, to my, my family, my my mother and my father to my, and my older brother and sister, they know that it's probably the most important day in my parents' life. Right? Look at the camera because they're watching. Right, this, the, the story of, of the day that you were born may not be all that exciting. It may not be a uh, super highlight, but, but we all came into this world basically the same way. Right? A man and a woman, they, they got together and they did, you know, right? And then a baby was born, right? In one way or another, except for one person, Jesus. And that's why we're celebrating this Christmas season. Right? The story of Jesus' birth is a little bit different. Right? That is the point of all of our celebrations and events. And the point of our worship during this Advent season. It's Jesus, right? In the story of Jesus, there is no dramatic Gray's Anatomy, Chicago Med, Doogie Howser for some of you older folks, or whatever other medical show that's still on way too many seasons moment, right? There, there isn't that moment there. There's just the birth of a boy in a humble manger to a young couple in the, the man's hometown, but Foundry Church Wait, right? Oh, that there's one more little thing. The mom, Mary, the mother, is a, a virgin. She didn't, you know, right? <laughs> right. So I once heard this old preacher story that went like this. A woman takes her uh, daughter to the doctor, and the doctor says, Okay, Miss Jones, what's the problem? And the mother, she says to the doctor, uh, It's my daughter, she keeps getting these cravings, she's, she's putting on weight, and she's sick most mornings. Uh, the doctor gives the daughter a good examination, then turns to the mother and says, well, I don't know how to tell you this, uh, but your daughter is pregnant uh, about four months along would be my guess. And the mother says, pregnant, right? She can't be. She's never been left alone with a man before. And the, uh, the, the doctor says, yes, mother, I, I've never even kissed the man. And that's when the doctor, he, he kind of walks over to the window and he stares out of the window and it's like five minutes. Right, it's starting to get a little awkward. He's just staring out the window. And the mother says, uh, Doctor, is there something wrong out there? And the doctor replies, No, not really. It's just that the last time anything like this happened, a, a star rose in the east. And there were wise men and, and shepherds that followed it. And, and I don't want to miss it this time. <laughs> Listen. Right, so we, we've been in this series of sermons the last few weeks here at the Foundry Church. Uh, talking about the different signs uh, of Christmas. We talked about the star uh, that that came out of the east and guided uh, these magi, these wise men, astrologers, uh, to worship this king, this baby Jesus, and the gifts that these wise men brought. That We we talked about last week, we talked about the humility of the manger. But, But I could not do this series of sermons without talking about the biggest sign that there is Right, the, the miraculous circumstances of Jesus' birth, right? the virgin birth. Right? That's, that's huge. That's extraordinary. And, and much has been made of the virgin birth, and it should be. Right? It is literally the only one that has ever happened in the history of the world. Right? We sing songs about it. One hymn always comes to mind. And I want to see if you can complete uh, this lyric to this, this old hymn. Right? All is calm, all is bright, round, mother and child, right? Yep, yon virgin, mother and child. When I was talking to uh, this sermon over with Christina, I told her that I didn't think uh, this line, um, round yon virgin, was a very nice lyric to have in a song, right? It, it sort of sounds like we're calling Mary fat, which you don't do, all right? <laughs> Right? Then, then Christina lovingly informed me that "round" was short for "around," and, and "yawn" is is like the word "yonder." So, so the line of that song literally means this: "It is all calm and bright around the Virgin over there." Right? It's all calm and bright around the Virgin over there. Hopefully, this teaches us something today. Right? But seriously, Foundry. Right, this, this is important. The, uh, the virgin birth is a big deal, and it still is a big deal. So let, let's take a look at it. If you have your Bibles, turn to the, the New Testament book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third book of the New Testament. So that's the second half of your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you can use the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you, and you can take those with you today. Uh, they are free for you to have, to use, to take, and we want you to use a physical Bible so you, you're used to it and you know it and you have one for yourself. But we're going to look at this today in the first chapter of Luke. Now, as you're turning there, I want to I want to remind you of something really important here that's going on. Right, the, the book of Luke was written by one of Jesus' disciples, one of his close disciples. Followers, One of the leaders of this church, right? And it's written by a man named Luke. That's why we call it the Gospel of Luke. And here's the important thing to know about Luke. Luke is a doctor. Right? He's, a, he's a medical doctor. Now, science has come a very long way in the last 2,000 plus years. However, even, even then, they knew where babies came from right right and it was not from a virgin right they understood that a husband and a wife had to do right you know and so Luke understood that all right so let's let's take a look we're going to read uh, a little bit here from verses 26 through 38 of the first chapter it says in the sixth month the angel Gabriel right the The messenger angel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be and the angel said to her do not be afraid Mary for you have found favor with God right and behold you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name Jesus he will be great the Son of God. And behold, your relative, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called the Baron. For verse 37, one of my favorite verses, "For nothing will be impossible with God." And Mary said, "Behold, I am the servant and the Lord, of, I'm the servant of the Lord. let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, many of us, we have heard this story so often, right? We, we, we hear about it every Christmas season. We read it. We, we watch movies about it. We, like we said, sing songs about it. We, we hear this story so often that we can miss one of the most important things. And, and I want to make sure that we do not miss the important sign today, right? right? First, I love the description that the angel gives, Let's think about it. All right? He tells this virgin that she is going to have a son. And what is the first word he uses to describe Jesus after he names him? All right? What's the first word? Look, look at what it says in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 31, uh, the, the second part. You shall name his name Jesus. He will be great. All right? just, just circle that word great. All right? He will be great. Right? Anybody remember what God said uh, the first time he created things from scratch? Right, he, Way back in the book of Genesis, can you remember that? Right? He, he created the whole universe and it was good. He, he created the, the stars, the moon, the tides of the ocean and it was good. He created the, the seas, they were good. He created the land, the animals, the birds and they were good. He even created man and it was good it was good Uh, but here at this point he he creates the physical manifestation of his son (laughs) our God God in the flesh and it is great foundry church it's great it's elevated right to be clear Jesus has always been in existence hasn't he Right? It says that throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, but it is here, in this moment, that God creates the physical presence that the world will get to see. The physical presence that we get to be in community with, right, usher in this new covenant, right? and it's great. It is here, in this moment, that God says, look out, world. Right? Pay attention, world, because he's going to be great. And he's going to do great things. Look out generations and generations and generations. Look out planet. Look out foundry. Look out us sitting here, right here, right now, today. Look out. It's going to be great. <laughs> because Jesus is great. Sure, the, the stars are good. The, the universe is pretty good. It's cool. And that whole clouds and ocean and trees thing, that's good too. But just you wait, right? Because Jesus is great, right? Jesus is great in His love, and that's what we're we're seeing here. Jesus is great in His power. Right, Jesus is great in his wisdom. Jesus is great in his, his strength and his, his, his just ability to break through chains and walls and barriers. He's saying, Foundry Church, Jesus is great in his perfection. Jesus is great even in his death on the horrible cross because he will live again. He defeats death. Jesus is great. Right, Charles Spurgeon, the great prince of preachers, if you ever want to give me a nickname, you can call me the Prince of Preachers. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Spurgeon, the great uh, Prince of Preachers in Victoria, England, said it like this. Right? He said this. He said, it is not proven. Uh, is it not proven that he is great? Conquerors are great, right? And he's the greatest of them. Deliverers are great, and he's the greatest of them, right? Go to the next one. All right. Liberators are great, and he's the greatest of them. Saviors are great, and he is the greatest of them. Right? Foundry Church, Jesus was then and is now and will always be great. That's his name. Right? right now, let's let's just zoom back here. I can talk about that all day. I also love, I love Mary in this story. Right? Mary, is, Mary to me is one of the, the great heroes of faith, little old teenage Virgin Mary, right? She she reminds me a lot of uh, of, of, of Christina in some ways. Not the, yeah, not the teenage part, <laughs> right? I have said this numerous times. Christina is ride or die. Right, You know that saying, right? She's ride or die, but but with Christina, she needs to know some information about where we're riding to and why she has to die before she goes, right? You guys know that saying, right? She's ride or die, but she's just going to need a little bit of context. And she asks, to her credit, asks the context as we're going, right? Right? She just needs to know why. And it took me a while to get used to this in our relationship. And it is probably why I've never been able to surprise her uh, because she always has so many questions. Uh, but, but really, she's just trying to understand so we can be equipped uh, to handle whatever comes her way. And that is Mary in this section of scripture that we just read. Right, an angel of the, of the Lord, this, this messenger angel, Gabriel, a literal messenger from God, comes to Mary. Right, the whole thing, wings, halo, whatever, right? Singing, bright lights, all of it. And then the angel says, okay, here's what's going to happen, Mary. And Mary still says, with, with light all around her, I imagine, um, okay, I'm down. I just got a few questions. All right, I'm good. I'm good to go. Just a few questions before we begin. I think this is so important, right? Mary says, I'm in, but I just need a little bit of information. And I imagine that old Dr. Luke is the same way, right? Because he writes about it and he does the same thing, right? Luke knew how things were supposed to work. Like we said, he was a, was a doctor, for goodness sakes. But, but Luke also knows that with God, anything it was possible. He wrote that, right? For nothing will be impossible with God, right? So, so Luke knows this. He just needed a little bit more information, just like Mary, right? Mary didn't doubt in the supernatural power of God. She just wanted to understand a little bit more of the plan, of the situation, of the context, now, I point this out to say this. Questions are okay. <laughs> questions are okay. Doubts are okay. That's a part of faith. That's a part of forging your life on God. Right? right? Our God can handle your questions. Right? uh God, who we 're forging our life on, can handle any doubts He can handle the questions that you have you don't got to just press those down and be afraid to ask them. You can bring them into a community of faith and you can figure out together with each other about what it means to follow god uh, this, this great god right he He knows um who he has called and the purpose he has for you, and he knows all the questions that you're going to ask, and he knows that that is okay. Right? You don't have to have it all figured out. You won't scare him. He can handle it. Right? That's what I get from this. right? Hey, let's take a look real quick at the angel's explanation. right? Verse 35 of what we read, uh, again, simply says, And the angel answered her, right? the, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and, right, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Uh, therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, which just means set apart, the Son of God. Right, the, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Alright, sounds kind of spooky, right? right. Ooh, overshadow, right? right now, now, circle that, that word overshadow in your Bibles. And now let me explain, because Foundry Church, this, this is good stuff. All right? Th- this word, overshadow, is so important. We we need to understand this, right? The word overshadow means this, to cover with a cloud. That's the, the biblical definition of this word. Right? It means to to cover with a cloud, as in the cloud of Shekinah glory. Now, the only, the place where this is used before, can we think of a of a cloud in the history of the Israelites, this this nation of Jews? As they walked in the desert. Right, it's the same word, the, the Shekinah cloud, the, the Shekinah glory overshadowing cloud. Right? Now, this is so important, right? The, the Shekinah glory is the word used to describe the physical manifestation of God in the Old Testament. Right, when God was leading the, the Israelites, the, this Jewish nation, through the desert out of Egypt, right? they were slaves and in bondage, and he put a cloud in front of them, and he said, Follow me. Right, follow this cloud, right? That was a Shekinah glory cloud. This, this overshadow cloud. Right? And then at night it was fire, so they could see. Right, This overshadowing, this covering. This means that the same power uh, of God that was with Moses and all these Israelites in the Old Testament uh, walking through the desert, escaping the most powerful nation of the time, the Egyptians, right? It was going to do something now unique in the work. Right, a unique work in the life of Mary. Right, Mary would have known this word. All right, she grew up hearing about the Shekinah power, overshadowing power of God. Right, uh, of, the, uh, of this cloud leading the Israelites through the desert, away from slavery, into a, a forming of a nation of, of their own. Right? Mary would have been familiar with the telling of these stories of her people and the presence of God's glory in their life. No wonder she so quickly accepted and came on board. Right? Because the angel said, hey, the Shekinah glory of God is going to overshadow you. And she knew exactly what that meant. She knew that the same God who performed miracles to free his people from the hand of the Pharaoh in Egypt was about to perform one great more miracle to free his people from the bondage of sin, from the chains that hold us down. Same word, same usage, same meaning. The glory of God was about to change uh, the world again, and she was going to be a small part of it. Come on. This is good stuff. right? like our god knew what he was doing right at this moment you might be thinking well andrew all of that's cool all right shekinah glory that's that's cool we can say that all right but what's the point all right what's the what's the big deal why is the virgin birth so important heck why is the christmas story so important well i think we can find why in this very same chapter of this very same book in, in the Bible here. If we flip back to chapter 1, but verses 1 through 4, where it says this. All right, read with me. I want you to read it yourself. All right? Don't take my word for it. All right. Look at this. It says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the, the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, right? This is Luke. So it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theopolis, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Foundry. Don't glance over just this. Introduction. I have a bad habit of that, right? Just glancing over the introduction, but this is so important. Look at this, right? The entire account of Luke and the book of Acts, because he wrote it together, right? Luke and Acts, this entire account of Jesus' life of his ministry, of who he is, what he has done, and then the church that he established, right, the church that we strive to be like in the book of Acts, this entire account, including the story we just read, the virgin birth, right, this entire account was written so that we could be certain of our faith. Luke says, it seemed good to me also, right, to write an orderly account for you, Theophilus, so that you may have certainty, Every part of this story, every aspect of this miraculous story is so that Luke's friend, old Theophilus, and us in turn, here today, Foundry Church, us, could be certain of what we're forging our life on. Be certain of what we believe. And that word that Luke uses, certain, that's the same word that he uses when he's describing people in chains. Right? Right, so, so the things uh, that are bolted down by chains, securely in place, locked like on the, on the, the floorboards of a, of a warehouse or locked on the floorboards of a ship that Luke would have been familiar with, it's the same word. Right? It's certain. Right? Right, so that you may be certain. So the idea is that you may have certainty. Is that you may not just know the things that you've been taught, but those things would be locked down secured, right, bolted to the floor, solid, stable, immovable. right, that things in this story, the things in this gospel account, the things in the book of Acts, that you would, that they would be, be unshakable, that they would be unmovable, that they would be bolted down and be something that you could forge your life on. That's what he's saying, right, that you can be certain of, that it, it can be just bolted down in your heart. Right, so that you can proclaim it, you can forge your life on it, you can share it with absolute certainty. And you can have a purpose in it. And you can be like Mary, play a part. Right, a king came down from the throne of heaven. That's what we can chain down in our hearts. A king came off his throne for us born of a virgin we can stake our claim to it right we can we can hit and strike our iron on it, Foundry Church. Uh, On the uh, one end of Jesus's life lies his supernatural conception of his birth. Uh, On the other, the supernatural resurrection and his ascension to God's right hand, God the Father's right hand. Jesus's authenticity was attested to by the supernatural working of Father God, right? We can be certain of who Jesus is and said he was because of his birth. Even more, Foundry Church. The virgin birth shows us that humility needs redeeming in this world, that it can't bring about uh, salvation for ourselves, that we can't do it, that we have to humble ourselves, right? The, The fact that the human race, that we, that you sitting right here today, right now, could not, and you cannot, I cannot, I could not, right? Produce our own Redeemer, our own Savior, Right, so, so this story implies, the certainty of this account that Luke is writing implies that it is sin and guilt. That it's so profound, it's so heavy, and that a savior from the outside must come and invade our world. Right? To pick up these chains must come from the supernatural, must come from God, the Father himself. The virgin birth is not just a fun magic trick that God can do because he's God he's like oh that'd be cool let's let's do it that way it's not what he did the virgin birth is something that we can stake our entire eternity on Jesus right? the, the virgin birth the Christmas story is for us for our our rescue from sin for our salvation so that we can be certain so we can have eternal life with God the father that's what the virgin birth is that's why this, this season is so important. That's why it's the most important sign there is in, in this Christmas story. Listen, as the, the band comes up, here's the thing. Right? We hear this gospel, right? And the gospel is this, right? Because of Adam and Eve, who were created by God in the very beginning, the first humans who were good, but then they, uh, you know, ate of that tree. Right? They, they, they messed up and sinned. Right? And again, you hear me all the time say that sin is just a fancy way of saying you missed the target with your life. Right? Sin is, is an archery term. That's what it means. It means you missed the bullseye. You didn't hit the bullseye. You missed the mark is the literal definition of the word sin. So it's not some spooky, bad word. It just means Adam and Eve, they, they didn't live out their purpose they didn't live out what they were created to do they missed the mark and so that's the gospel right all Right. so so man we've we tried to do what we can to get right with god and there was this old covenant where we would bring sacrifices into the into the world or into the temple and, and make sacrifices and that was good for like an hour all right then we messed up again we missed the mark right? it might have been the little things it might have been big things we missed the mark all right and it says in Scripture that because we missed the mark, and if we're honest, all of us, we know that we've missed the mark. We know that we've sinned. we missed the mark. And because of that, it's separation of, from God, right? Is there a picture of that? Right. So, so we have us, we have God, and we're separated because we missed the mark. And we think, oh, how can a loving God do that, make that separation? Well, here's the thing. God's perfect. He doesn't miss the mark. He hits the bullseye every dang time, right? He, he, and would we wanna forge our life on a God who doesn't, like, hit the mark every time, right? We wanna. <laughs> I, mean, I don't wanna serve a God who, who might shoot his arrow off into the mud, right? I, I've been uh, shooting arrows with Barrett before. I don't want a God who shoots archery like Barrett, right? <laughs> you take your life in your own hands not our God. He hits the bullseye every time, no matter where he is. Right, and so that's why there's separation because because we missed. we shot our arrow over here, right? And so God says, you know what? Forget all these sacrifices. Forget all that junk, right? Let me send my Son to pay this price, this penalty, right into this this world. Right, the, the Bible says that, that, that this is the gospel. you got you to believe. you got you to hear this. And, and not just have it here, but you got to get it down here. And So, so like John 3.16, for example, says, For God so loved the world that he set his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. Right, what's the next picture? Right, if you don't accept that, you go to hell. Andrew, Whoa. All right, it's not PC. All right, that's the way it is, man. If you don't, if you don't hear the gospel, you you don't put it down in your heart. It means you're forging your life on stuff other than God, and that stuff's not perfect. Even though it might be good, it might be good. A good career. Good opportunity, good education, good good family. It's not perfect. It doesn't hit the bullseye every time. So that's why you gotta accept Jesus. That's why you gotta accept that gift of grace that came out of heaven into a manger. We said, you know what? Forget these sacrifices. I'm just gonna go to the cross once and for all for you. I'm going to pay a penalty that you can't pay. And then look what that does, man. That creates that bridge across, across the gap. All right, and, and it's a free gift. It's like if I said, you know what, hey, everybody, tomorrow morning, you, you tell me right now before you leave today, you tell me what your dream car is. All right, your dream car. It could be like a brand-new Lamborghini, or it could be like some classic, you know, Steve McQueen Mustang. Right, whatever it is, your dream car. You tell me what it is before you leave here today. And then tomorrow morning, you show up. I'll give you the keys to that car. Yeah, you don't got to do anything to get it. Right, You just got to show up, grab the keys, drive off. And here's the thing. You can bring a friend with you or anybody, as many as you can, and they will get their dream car too. And you say, Andrew, all right, that's pretty good. But let me, let me just give you like my lunch money to kind of help with the cost. No, no, no. Right? or or you say you know what let me let me just give you something for it let's make a trade you can take my my car no just come get the keys and drive off and in fact you'll always have free gas and my and oil changes or something right that's what it is you just you got to accept it right so so we, we hear we believe it and then in Acts chapter 2 verse 38 written by Luke this doctor he says you know everyone's like how do we accept it how do we accept it he's preaching in the beginning of the church in the book of acts this 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 pentecost sunday and he's saying how do we accept it everyone's crying out to him he said well first of all you guys are all the ones crying out before that said kill him <laughs> and we right you missed the mark same with us right we missed the mark and he says you accept it by repenting you say you accepted by saying i've god i've forged my life on everything but you I want to forge it on you. I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to live for you because you have purpose, direction, and power. You're perfect. You hit the bullseye every time, right? You are so supernatural. You are so powerful. You are so wonderful, right? You're 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 so great, as your birth tells us. I want to accept it. So so you repent it and you confess that Jesus is going to be your Lord. That Jesus is going to be your Savior. That you're going to live for Him. That when you do mess up, He's going to be like, poof, knock your arrow back on track to hit the bullseye, right? And then it says, he says, so repent and confess that Jesus is your Lord and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. And that's what we're going to do. right? If you haven't done that, if you haven't experienced that, I will be up here after service. We can talk about that some more. We can do that today. Where you say, just like Peter said, Jesus is the Christ. He's the son of the living God. And he's my Lord and my Savior. You confess that. You proclaim that. You go back, be baptized. We're going to do that on Christmas Eve. The tank's going to be full. The water's going to be warm. If you haven't done it, I'm holding your feet to the fire. It's time to do it now. All right? Let's stand. Let's worship our God who left his throne and came and invaded this world for us. Not to condemn us, which he had every right, but to give us eternal life because he's so great. Let's worship him.